Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Hippie Christian Who Cares podcast. Or maybe you are a first-time listener, and if you are, woohoo! That's exciting. Anyways, for the last three weeks, we've been talking about the meaning of the Advent candles and that are put on the Advent wreath. It is totally a man-made tradition. It's not something that is in the Bible, but it uses biblical things and verses and concepts to get us through the four weeks of Advent leading up to Christmas. Christmas actually starts on Christmas. So when they talk about the 12 days of Christmas, well, stay tuned because we definitely will be talking about the 12 days of Christmas, but we're still in Advent. And so we have talked about hope. We've talked about peace. We've talked about joy. And this week, the last candle on the Advent wreath is love. I love love. Seriously. I am like, I don't even hardly use the like button on Facebook. I almost always use the love button. Um, I, it is just an emotion that makes me so happy. But it's kind of interesting because this last Advent candle is absolutely and positively synonymous with Jesus Christ. So the last candle really is Jesus. It is the love candle and without Christ, there is no love. I'm going to start with a little introduction. I am Chrissy Baki. I am the hippie Christian who cares. That's what I call myself. I call myself that because I care, but also who cares what I have to say. Not a theologian, not a pastor or a priest, not a deaconess or anything that is educated in the world collegiately or anything like that. I am a homeschooled Christian in terms of never have not known Jesus, grew up in a house that celebrated a risen Lord Jesus Christ and a triune God. And just the more that I got to know who Christ was, the more I wanted to share him with everyone in a way similar to how I would want to share my sister Susie, who was my first friend in the whole wide world and my best friend ever. Um, and of course my sister, because she's amazing. And I would want you to get to know her and your relationship with her will be completely different than my relationship with her. And so most of the time with these podcasts, I am just regurgitating information that I have learned or picked up or come to understand or events in my own personal life. But when it comes to the biblical stuff, the 
um, you know, all the facts and that kind of stuff. Somebody has said it before and somebody has said it better and will say it better. And I don't say that to cut myself down. I just say it because it's true. Cracking up though, because I know it's what I'm supposed to do for those of you who listen. And even though it's several of my family members, um, even though not everyone listens all the time, Emma and Luann, occasional listeners, we all know Sister Susie, number one fan. Also, um, my cousin Randy, pretty close to being a number one fan as well. Um, And so, yeah, not everybody listens. I got some of my Baki side listening too. Um, And I'm grateful. Rachel, I think you occasionally listen. So shout out to you. Susan, I think you listen too. I know we got a lot of Susans in our families. My daughter, Susan, doesn't listen. Anyways, Carter occasionally does. So thanks, Carter. Anyways, my real point is that I know it's the right thing to do because my family loves it. I have friends, Paul, definitely a big fan, Phyllis, a big fan, Becca, a big fan, Brian, a big fan, Bob. Um, And if I miss you got anybody else, Judy, I miss you all the time, Maureen, same. But all of you love you so much. And I've had somebody say, oh my gosh, like that really made an impact. I loved it because a friend, I think it's Evan, and I'm going to die if it's Ethan. No, I'm pretty sure it's Evan. Evan recently was like, hey, I really liked the episode where he had Cece on. It was amazing that through this seven-year-old, you know, even an adult could learn something. How cool is that, right? Because God knows what we need to hear. But Like I said, there's always somebody who does it better. But what I love is when I am in the middle of planning what I'm going to talk about and God puts something right in front of me that says, yep, here's what you thought you were going to say. And here's somebody who said it really well. And what came across my um, phone this morning was on an app that's called U-Y-O-U version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N. My sister loves it when I spell. But um, there was an Advent devotion done by the Bible Project. Look it up, bibleproject.com. Very cool. These guys um, in this group of humans like sketches out the Bible and basically shows how the whole Bible points to Jesus Christ. Super cool. Well, they did a little thing on Advent, and their one on love is fabulous and is does a million times better than I'm going to. So look it up, um, Bible Project Advent dash um, agape love, A-G-A-P-E love. Agape is love in Greek. But that's because there's lots of translations of the word love. Like I think ours is the only language that just uses the same word for a billion different types of love. 
we say love for everything. We love Christmas. We love presents. We love Christmas cookies. We love turkey. We love singing. We love our family. We love our friends. We love crowds of people. We love being alone. We love Hugh Grant. I don't even know where that came from. Except I was trying to think of like a handsome actor. And I think the Willy Wonka movies on my mind because I said we love candy and Hugh Grant plays an Oompa Loompa, which that doesn't really sound sexy, does it? But, you know, there's that sexy kind of love too. So there's love for all kinds of stuff. And in, in the Greek language, I think there's nine different ways of saying love, but agape is the unconditional love that really comes only from God. Other languages also have different ways of saying love. I saw it on the on the um, Hallmark Channel. There was like a little Norwegian um, version of the Hallmark Christmas movies, and they were talking about in Norwegian, there's different ways of saying love. So if you say you love somebody like you love Ludafisk, you know, that wouldn't be that impressive. But if you love somebody in a way that you want to commit to them, that's the good kind of, you know, relationship kind of love. So lots to be learned about love in that Bible project explains it pretty cool. For me, like love is synonymous with Christ and Christ is part of the triune God, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. So he has been there from the beginning, um, before things were made and while things were being made and he comes to us in human form, dies on the cross, gets buried, goes to hell, raises again, resurrects to human life and lives on earth for 40 days and then ascends into heaven. And it's important because if you say Jesus went to heaven, that might be confusing because that's what I always say when I talk about my mom and dad, um, instead of saying they died, that makes us so sad, right? But if we say that they live with Jesus or that they went to heaven, that's so much nicer. It just feels so much better to say that. There's so much more hope in that. But they died in order to be resurrected with Christ in heaven again. Jesus resurrected from the dead and came back to life as a human and then ascended into heaven. So he is still alive and he will come again to raise the living and the dead to life again. So way back in the Old Testament, there is a section in the book of Deuteronomy 
that talks about loving God. And it's interesting because when you hear this, it's going to sound very synonymous to words that Jesus said. And it says, um, it's Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Very cool. I love Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy is um, Moses still giving instruction to the Israelites, but also passing the torch of leadership to Joshua. In Luke 10, verse 27, and I failed to bookmark that appropriately. You know what I use though a ton? I use Bible Gateway um, on the computer. And so um, in Luke, because you can look up stuff pretty darn fast. In Luke chapter 27, Jesus is going, is about to start teaching. And on one occasion, this is Luke 10, 25. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. He says, he asked, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus throws it right back at Adam. What is written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus said, you have answered correctly. Jesus replied, do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he says, well, who's my neighbor? So like he's starting to get a little bit um, sticky about that. But this verse 27, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself goes all the way back to the Old Testament and Deuteronomy. And it is the love that comes only from God that allows us to love someone at all. To have love means to have a piece of Jesus. And of course, there's a piece of Jesus in all of us because we are made in his Im image, right? So love is definitely from God and God is love.
also in Matthew, one of the experts of the law tests Christ. And it's um, where Jesus is preaching and he had been preaching about marriage at the resurrection based off of another um, haggle and um, badgering from the crowd, which was usually the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And so um, in Matthew oh, chapter 22, verses 35 and beyond, one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So we're in Luke. It is the... Um, expert of the law that um, quotes Deuteronomy. This time it is Jesus quoting Deuteronomy and putting an emphasis on like this embodies all of the commandments. When we love God and love others, the likelihood of following the Ten Commandments are going to be there. We are so incapable of following the Ten Commandments. We are so much more capable of loving God and loving people because you can love somebody and still hurt them. You can love somebody and still be sinful and make mistakes. And that is also why we need God because God's love is perfect and ours is not. So love the fact, and it, I always think it's a little on the crazy side to prove why I think what I think with the Bible, because a non-believer is going to say, well, that makes no sense, because clearly you wrote your own textbook. Kind of true, but when you really look at it from a non-believing standpoint, people, the writers of this book, observed this human that is Jesus. And the really super amazing part is nearly every religion recognizes who Christ is. Like everybody really does know that Christ lived on earth and they might believe him to only be a hundred percent human, but he was a hundred percent God too. And the fact that almost every religion acknowledges Christ puts us in a category where we are more alike than we are different. And instead of, um, like being angry or feeling like against another religion. Maybe we need to continue to talk about this 
person, Jesus Christ, and through this person of Christ, how does one come to know him as God as well, right? You know, so so to me, that's why we keep having these conversations. And that's why sometimes it might be okay to say, boy, I'm not sure if I'm right here, but I'm going to keep going to my God for this. I'm going to keep going to his word and his scripture. And I'm going to keep going to him in prayer. And I'm going to keep learning from others and having conversations even when they're hard, but I'm always going to speak the truth in love. And if we often, if we use Jesus's name instead of love, it makes sense. So if we speak the truth in Jesus, that's what's important, right? The big love verse. Maybe you had it at your wedding. Maybe you didn't. When I think about the people I love and this verse, it's heartbreaking because I for sure fail. Um, But first I'm going to read it as it truly is intended. And I'm going to start with 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm going to start with verse 4, and then I'm going to go back to the beginning. But starting with verse 4, Jesus is patient. Jesus is kind. Jesus does not envy. He does not boast. He is not proud. He does not dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. Jesus does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always perseveres. Jesus never fails. That's the love chapter of 1 Corinthians 13. And if I start with verse 1, So chapter 13, verse 1, this is what it really says. If I speak in tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. So throw in Jesus there, but do not have Jesus, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love. If I do not have Jesus, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love. If I don't have Jesus, I gain nothing. All of those things are good things, right? Um, People who prophesy or have lots of knowledge or have great faith um, or give generously and serve. But if they don't have Jesus, it's really for nothing, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not 
easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, and always persevere. perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when the completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put on the put the ways of childhood behind me. For now, we only see. For now, we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So that's the whole chapter 13, and it's packed with a boatload in there. But if we keep understanding that the only way we can love God and we can love other people is through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came as a tiny little baby at Christmas. Well, it wasn't Christmas because obviously Christmas didn't exist, but that's when we celebrate him. We celebrate the birth of this child who would be our savior. And I'll tell you the song, um, I Celebrate the Day by Reliant K. Oh my gosh. It is fabulous. They talk about, you know, the first time that you took your breath, did you know that you would be my savior? Um, and I celebrate the day that you were born to die so I might live. Oh, such a great Christmas song. And that my friends, is what we celebrate, is that love came down in human form for us. So good. So like I said, there's always somebody who says it way better than I do. And honestly, the Bible Project even sources this same verse that I had in mind promise I really did have it in mind but it is um, John who was beloved by Christ some say that he was the favorite disciple I think they just had I think I think John just understood Christ in a way that others did not Again, everybody has their own relationship with Jesus, right? And even in the disciples, they all came from a different place and their relationships were different. Therefore, their discipleship was different. But John in 1 John chapter 4, starting with verse 7 through 12, really recaps everything that I'm trying to say. And it says, Dear friends, 
Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. That is Christmas right there in a nutshell. And I'm busting the gut because if anybody is kind of a dorky youth grouper or like kind of was like just digging Jesus in the... um probably late 70s um they probably remember the song beloved let us love one another for love is of god and everyone who loveth is born of god and knoweth god he that loveth not knoweth not god for god is love beloved let us love one another first john 4 7 and 8. it's like the easiest way to remember that scripture is sing that song <laughs> i know you got a little christmas carol out of me in the form of first john 4 7 and 8. um pretty sure my sister can play it on the guitar and her friend ed schultz like those two could really rock that one out um susie and ed started the first um Christian Fellowship Club at Craig High School. Fun fact. Anywho, that's how we need to finish strong for Advent. We need to love God and love others. And sometimes it's not easy at Christmas. We don't always feel that joyful, happy, peaceful love. We have to go back to that first candle of hope, though, because the hope comes from Christ, comes from the prophets who foretold of this Christ coming to the world and that Jesus is coming again. So we have hope, hope when we're sad because our Christmases are rocked because there's empty seats at our table from people that we have lost here on this earth or broken relationships or not, not enough, like you feel like you don't have what you need, but you do. You have everything that you need to have the joy of Christmas in your heart. Um, my mom loved the Grinch book, Who Stole Christmas? because he just stole the stuff. He didn't steal the real meaning of Christmas because Christmas comes whether somebody steals your Christmas tree or you haven't bought the right gifts or you can't get home for Christmas but only in your dreams. Doesn't that make you sad? It kind of makes me a little bit sad. I 
just encourage everybody to show some love and show some compassion. Maybe this is a tough time mental health-wise for people. Maybe this is a time of year where they are celebrating a Christmas for the first time without that family member or without that friend. Um, maybe it's the time of year where that family member went to heaven. I know lots of people that have had their family members or their friends die in December. Ouch. You know, kind of puts a damper every year on Christmas. And yet the hope and the promise is in the manger. The hope and the promise goes from the manger to the cross and dies and is buried, goes to hell, pays our price, resurrects, and ascends to heaven and will come again. And not only that, but he doesn't leave us. He doesn't ascend and says, says, says I'll come back in like a billion years when the time is right. He says, I'm not going to leave you because I will leave you with my Holy Spirit. My spirit is with you always. I am present with you always. And that is a great gift. And so how do we, how do we give that for Christmas? Well, we do it in the form of love. We do, we give Jesus for Christmas. And I'm not talking about going out and buying like baby Jesus in a manger or a crucifix or anything like that. Not that I haven't done both of those before <laughs> and given them as a gift. I just gave Judy, my friend, a cool cross that has Jesus on it. It's not really crucifixy though. It's kind of like happy Jesus. So it's almost like resurrected Jesus on the cross. It's kind of cool. Just saying. And I've also given baby Jesuses before too. My friend puts um, her manger Jesus right on her stove, calls him stovetop Jesus. How fun is that? Anyways, what I really mean is maybe call somebody that you know who ha is still grieving a loss and not, or, or just remind them that you remember. Tell them a story about their loved one. I love it when somebody knows my mom or my dad or one of my aunts or uncles or cousins that have passed. Oh my goodness. I want to hear those stories. I want to hear something I didn't know um, I want to know that my loved one touched somebody else's life. And it feels good to hear somebody speak of somebody and remember them. Reach out to somebody that might be lonely. Reach out to somebody who might not have enough. F focus less on the presence P-R-E-S-E-N-T-S, -E -E you know, the ones you open, and more on people's presence, P-R-E-S-E-N-C-E. -E -E. I got kicked out of the spelling bee in first grade because I knew it was dish, D-I-S-H, 
and I accidentally said it too fast, D-I-C-H, wah, wah. So sometimes I worry when I have to spell on the podcast. But there's lots of ways for us to show our presence and for our present to show somebody how much we care. It's not how much the gift costs. You know how they say it's, um, it's the meaning. What is the, what is the true, um, thing? It's not, it's, it's the meaning, not the gift that counts. Um, which makes me laugh because Ellen is like, yeah, well, sometimes when it was so difficult to buy a gift, if you say it's the meaning behind it, that would be even worse because she said I got so crabby buying the gift that the meaning behind it was worse than the actual gift. But you know what I'm saying? It's the, um, it's the meaning that counts. It's the effort that counts. It's the fact that you cared enough to give somebody something. And sometimes I think it's those gifts that somebody doesn't even expect that little thing that just is like, whoa, that's so nice of you. So let's practice giving Jesus to others. As if I have ever worried about editing or sound, but this whole time I've been speaking into my podcast microphone. Yeah, I never plugged it in. So sorry if the sound quality is a little bit poorer than you're used to, but arg, no good deed goes unpunished, right? All I'm saying to wrap this all up is I've been watching some Christmas movies and I'm a big fan of A Christmas Carol, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol. Um, several good, good versions of that. A few of my favorites is um, Scrooge the Musical, um, where they sing, thank you very much, thank you very much. So good. And then, um, not even kidding you, a Muppet Christmas Carol. It's hilarious and so good. Michael Caine actually plays Ebenezer Scrooge. He's so good. And... I kind of like the Bill Murray version called Scrooge, which brings it all around because at the very end of that movie, instead of a traditional Christmas carol, they sing Put a Little Love in Your Heart. Um, Originally written and recorded by Jackie DeShannon, clearly Annie Lennox does a, and Al Green do a killer cover of that, um, as apparently so does Leonard Nimoy. What? Billy Ray Cyrus, Dolly Parton, Anne Marie, um, Abba, Amy Grant. It's amazing how many people have covered Put a Little Love in Your Heart. But let's put a little Jesus in our heart. Let's put a little love in our heart um, and help someone else. And it says, think of your fellow man, lend him a helping hand, put a little love in your heart. You see it's getting late. Oh, please don't hesitate. 
put a little love in your heart and the world will be a better place and the world will be a better place for you and me. You just wait and see. 100% we will wait and see because Jesus is coming. He comes as a baby over 2,000 years ago at Christmas time for us as we know it and he will come again and for those of us who have a little love in our heart who have some Jesus in our heart we can expect to be greeted by the King of Kings and welcomed into heaven with open arms let's share that message of hope and peace and joy and love at this Christmas time. Next week, we will be into the heart of Christmas because the 12 days of Christmas starts on Christmas Day. So come back and listen. I'm excited to talk about the 12 days of Christmas and to continue to celebrate. All right, go out there and put a little love in your heart and someone else's. Thank you.